Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Welcome to the Mo Show podcast, episode 40. Thank you. Dalia, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very well. Thanks for traveling 2,000 miles from Khobar, Saudi Arabia. Of course. To Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It's a hell of a distance. How was the flight? It was good. I slept on it, so okay. that's good. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for making time. So Dalia is uh, behind the establishment of the first modeling agency located in Khobar, Saudi Arabia. I, for some reason, thought that we might have had a modeling agency in Saudi back in the 60s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Forgive my ignorance. I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much. So what goes into that? Like, well, let's start with how did you get the idea to want to establish such? Right. So uh, I moved back to Saudi Arabia back in um, 2016. I used to live in the U.S. over there. Uh, and um, I've always been into fashion in general. Um, and I've done some modeling experience. Uh, and while I was in the U.S., I was like, you know what? We don't have we don't have a we don't have a modeling agency. Uh, at least maybe we do have models, but it's not uh, an establishment over there. So I was inspired uh, to start it back in 2016. However, um, I was hesitant and kind of afraid of how people would react to it, uh, especially back in the day. I mean, now everything has changed. Uh, but when I moved back, um, I thought it wouldn't be such a good idea. How will people perceive it? Uh, will I get criticized and all of that? Will they shut down my business? And so um, you're in your head a lot about it. huh? You were worried about the resistance. Exactly. Yes. Um, and so fast forward to uh, quarantine 2020, um, I was like, you know what? I've had this idea for ages. It's now or never. What's the worst that could happen? So you too are a product of quarantine and COVID-19. <laughs> yes. This idea was born then. True. Yes. It, it, right. it, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was it uh, that was uh, Mr. Doug Bernard, my last guest? He decided to become a travel blogger in Corona times. Yeah. Uh, you started your modeling agency in Corona times. This podcast started in Corona times. So th there is a silver lining in the way I'm <laughs> seeing things. Of course, of course. So then what made you decide to say, <laughs> I don't care about how I'm perceived or what you might think, and I'm going to do what makes me happy? Um. To be honest with you, please do. I, I was scared of what's gonna happen in the world. Uh, will I live? Will I survive this pandemic? Uh, so it was a mentality of uh, it's now or never. I don't want to regret anything. I might as well try and see. And I think what was holding me back throughout uh, all that time wasn't uh, only how people uh, are going to perceive it, but how I'm going to feel about it. I was I was scared to start something this big uh, then. So it's now or never. Isn't it crazy what we're capable of doing the moment we step out of our comfort zone? Definitely. It's, it's like a whole new world over there. Definitely. You, you, like it's, it, it really is. Life starts outside of your comfort zone. Of course. Uh, with with regards to me, I never, ever saw myself going public with anything. Right. But um, just like you, one day I'm like, why not? I don't care about how people perceive me. Let's just see what happens. Exactly. And the moment you stop caring, because everyone's going to have an opinion about you, no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. The moment you stop caring, I think you you really put 
to work what skill or talent God gave you. Exactly. Very proud of you. Thank you so Honestly, much. Honestly, I am. You. Because it's, it's risque. It is. You know, I, what I'm doing is not risque. Yeah. You know, we've had radio in Saudi since God knows when. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is risque. And you made it okay for the next girl or guy to say, I'm going to open a modeling agency. And it's fine. It's fine. Yes, yes. Where are we today with regards to other people opening? Are there, are there, <laughs> is there competition? Yes, actually there is, and I'm I'm so glad that I was uh, I was I led this. I guess um, a few modeling agencies uh, opened in Jeddah, and then in Riyadh. But for the time being, I'm the only one in Khobar uh, Sharqiya. But I love seeing that. I love how people are more aware uh, of of the modeling industry. Um, and there is acceptance apparently because if more agencies are opening up, then that means that we're going towards the right direction. Totally, totally. This is all you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in the U.S. a couple yes. of years. What do you uh, What do you study there? Uh, well, uh, I studied a lot of things. I studied business management. That was my major, and then I minored in uh, human resources and healthcare management. Um, funny story when i moved back i wanted to be in hr uh i was looking for opportunities i didn't really find anything at the time uh and then i found this opportunity at a magazine it's called destination and um yeah i uh, i i started working there and i discovered my love for styling uh, and that's uh, another story that we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, so yeah, so doing what I'm doing now has nothing to do with what I studied. Um, and I've always thought that starting a business means I have to, well, I did study by business management, but I had to be like, you know, well rooted into it. Uh, and it's just, it's mostly about passion uh, than anything else. So, so modeling as, as a business, you said you've done some modeling when you lived in the States and, yeah. and, and now you have an agency. Mm-hmm. As far as models are concerned when, when you were in that capacity, is it stressful or more glamorous? It's both. Uh, probably more on the stressful side. Depends on where you are in the world. What kind of modeling do you do? Um, but for example, for one runway models, they starve them, they starve themselves. Um, they work out hours and hours prior to, uh, their show. Uh, they barely have water so they don't get bloated. Um, and so, yeah. And so it's very, very challenging. Uh, and that's not just models themselves but it's the industry itself um it's the expectations and um that's uh that's how i'm i'm introducing i'm trying to introduce a new concept in the modeling agency you don't have to be super skinny you don't have to be super tall Uh, my agency is all about diversity uh so yeah i i i i noticed that in the industry of modeling uh, recently, they have introduced upsize women where for the longest time it was you had to be borderline anorexic exactly. for the brand to feel that the product would be worthy of a buyer purchasing. Yes. And it didn't do much for inclusivity, did it? Um, not so much um, because it's, 
I feel like brands are doing this intentionally to get more people buying uh, their their clothing, but it's not a universal movement mm. yet. Okay. Uh, some brands are actually diverting to that and 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 including um, plus size uh, models in their uh, collections. But um, I feel like it's a long way to go until this becomes acceptable. But in the nineties, uh, Dalia, that was unheard of. It wasn't even there. True. You know, they were all super, super thin. Just I'm like remembering, you know, what I used to see walking down High Street in London. It was all uh, a specific way. And and now not only do you see plus size, but do you see girls from you know all all cultures. Exactly. So if it's one of the top brands like Gap or Topshop or H and M, you would find a dark skinned, a light skinned. Uh, a far eastern yes you know and 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 now maybe even uh, an, an arab or latina mm-hmm. we kind of look the same yeah and um and it's i think when it comes down to it it's all about inclusivity and not eliminating uh races or sizes of course, of course. Uh, you see that in hollywood too for the longest time a black actor never won an oscar in a director role or right. a uh, leading role and that's different now yeah denzel won yeah. one recently and yeah i think morgan freeman as well but um but it's good that you know even in the modeling business now there is a, a big shift exactly uh who's your favorite designer and why uh, my favorite designer is Elie Saab. Mm. um i know that person yes um he is just phenomenal lebanese yes lebanese um and uh i've always i've always loved his designs i feel like his designs are timeless um you can own a piece from the 80s by him and you can still wear it until this day uh i love his dedication his passion and his love for what he does um i love how humble and and down to earth he is even though he is super successful and i love that his designs uh, are for different age groups uh you can be young you can be middle-aged um and you can still rock those designs kids so as well he does f- he does for kids like under 10. uh i'm not sure to be honest uh, but but now he's also expanding within not only uh fashion but um he's doing real estate all right. he's, he's collaborated with amar i believe and they're they're all over the place so i just um i just admire him he's a man on a mission yes how long are these photo shoots when you go with the models do they take up a day yes um for some some brands they take up a day um uh but usually it's like three four hours that's the average uh but on some days yeah it's like a nine to five it's like a job is it harder to work with models or brands? I think brands. <laughs> that question wasn't in the format. Was right. <laughs> um, that's the thing. That's the thing that um, I'm currently, I would say, struggling with is making the brands understand what models are. Because for the longest time, there wasn't uh, a structure. Um, just like there wasn't something set to say what a model should do, what a model shouldn't do, what a brand should do, how to communicate with models and vice versa. Um, so that's that's the struggle that I think uh, me, myself, and other um, fellows in, in the modeling industry are, are going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about 
job security and how replaceable models are in the industry is it something that stresses them that they can only do it for x amount of years you know in your 20s and right. early 30s is, is that an issue for them i think that's an issue abroad maybe uh but over here especially that the the industry is still fresh i feel like we can set our own rules you don't have to be a certain age to model i mean for the projects i have uh they request a lot of elderly models uh specific age range for example 30s to 40s uh children uh, early 20s so i think there is more diversity nowadays uh, but then uh, it, uh, it all depends on, on the brands themselves. So given that we're in the Middle East, um, I think that's more acceptable here. Do you think the industry is in a better place now, let's say Kendall generation, or back in the 90s, Cindy Crawford's generation? Do you read up about the past? Are you familiar yes. with, with uh, yes. Heidi Klum and, and, and Naomi Campbell? Wow, yeah. I know some models. <laughs> Cindy Crawford. Yeah. How's the industry? Are, are we in a better place now? Or? I think it used to be uh, real. If that's the word that I'm going to use. Mm. Nowadays, everyone can become a model. Uh, and that's good and bad. Uh, Why? Why can everyone be a model? Because everyone... Instagram? Yes, everyone yeah. with a public account can be a model, mm. literally. And what's disappointing is that some brands would choose someone without an experience in modeling at whatsoever just for their follower count uh, rather than choose a professional model that actually knows how to model and would present the brand in the best way. So I feel like now in our, our time, um, that's modeling has changed, I guess. Uh, back in the day, maybe it was more restricted on how you looked. Um, but, you know, that's why I say it's good and bad. Um, I wanted to follow up with a question uh, or more, more, well, not even a question, just a follow up point that I feel that models or potential models are easily recruited now. True. Discoverable. Mm -hmm. Pre-social media, yeah. I think a lot less would come through the doors now. These big brands, they probably have a department, <laughs> an R&D department where they're going through, I guess Instagram is everything these mm. days, and seeing where there is potential, yeah. you know, and brands reaching out to you would you like to come in for an interview you know you, you exactly. look like someone who we're looking for exactly so i feel social media has probably helped the industry in of that regard of course of course do yes. you use that in your capacity i do actually <laughs> i reached out to a lot of models on instagram mm. there there weren't models but i saw potential you made them models <laughs> exactly <laughs> and this is what the agency does it, it trains models it takes people who are passionate about the industry uh, not necessarily with the previous experience. Um, and then I build them and I train them and I turn them into professional models. <clears throat> What's your long-term goal? My long-term goal? I think this is something else going back to the agency. Mm. Um, it's that it's very tough and challenging to change someone's perspective, let alone an entire nation. Mm -hmm. And that's my goal. 
I want to make people more aware of what a model is uh, and yeah how how this industry works like I'm sure some some people or some brands who are familiar with the industry who've worked with uh, agencies abroad uh, understand this already but since again it's relatively new uh, it's gonna take a lot of time uh, for people to accept it and I want to be one of those people changing uh, and uh, I guess introducing this new perspective how big do you want to go what's the biggest modeling agency in the world I have no idea. Elite models, probably. Elite models. Yeah. So would you, if someone said that, you know, in seven years you would be as big as that, would you be up for such a responsibility um, for you to head a, a, an agency of that magnitude? Yes. Yes. And a thousand. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I love hearing. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I, I started small, like um, it's just me in the agency, uh, but I have bigger goals than that. My, my initial goals are to expand throughout the kingdom, obviously, and then GCC, and then hopefully globally. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, if your dreams don't scare you, mm. then they're not big enough. Exactly. Um, and, and that's a nice, scary dream, because, I mean, imagine you know, heading an agency with 10,000 employees on you. Scary. Yeah. But, you, you know, you gotta you got to shoot for it. And exactly. And uh, with dedication, inshallah, nothing should stop you. Inshallah. You say you do a little bit of writing. Yes. Uh, in what capacity do you write? Like script writing? No. Uh, copywriting, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be an editor, uh, a fashion editor. And now I work uh, as a writer, technically a journalist. I don't like that title because I never studied journalism, but that's what I do currently. Uh, and I love this because, uh, well, I love writing, uh, and this gives me the opportunity to meet so many people and learn about a lot of things that I've never knew about. And it's just, I love it. I love it. Uh, journaling slash writing is something that is very, very much recommended people do. Like. Mm-hmm the top gurus in the world exactly. you know meditation working out and journaling is like number three on the list always exactly. kind of you know put what's in there on on paper exactly something that i always tell myself i want to start doing and i never do <laughs> uh, and god i hope i do soon yeah is there something that uh, you've done like a mistake or mm. mess up mm. that really taught you something mm. that allowed you to perhaps approach things differently and made you say i'm never going to make that mistake again was there a turning point or a learning point? I would say that uh, I wanted to start the agency sooner. And I, I never regret anything in my life, but I just wished I did. Uh, there was so much potential. I could have been way better now. But I mean, thank God I started anyways. Uh, but that's the thing. It was something was holding me back. And... Uh, that's something I, I learned. Now I'm like, I any opportunity that comes my way, I just immediately take it because I don't know what's going to come out of it. Uh, but uh, I don't want to say I wish I did that or I wish I did that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You, you can't go back in time, but, but definitely. Um, Kobe Bryant said, we have less time than we think. 
I swear when I when I read that a few months ago, I'm like, if there's anything I want to do, it's it's crazy. We have less time than we think. We're, True. Not, we're not promised tomorrow or the day after. Exactly. It's an emotional episode. God. <laughs> Tell me, um, if you had like a youngster come up to you and ask you, what's it like, the industry, and I want to enter it in the capacity of a model or to have their own agency one day. Mm -hmm. uh, how would you approach your response to that person? Okay. Um, think about this one. Take your time. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would say that they really need to be sure that they want to do this. And they're ready uh, to be challenged, uh, to be mostly stressed, uh, to be up for it. Uh, to be responsible, um, whether they, they want to become models or whether they want to start their own uh, agency. Uh, and the thing is, I say it's challenging because it's uh, relatively new here. It's not something that we've been seeing for a very long time, unlike uh, like uh, abroad. And so there needs to be uh, a lot of steps taken to ensure that uh, they're going through the right path. And of course, um, it's going to be ups and downs. I mean, I, I, I'm relatively new in this, and it is very challenging. But, you know, a lot of times I doubt myself. And I'm like, okay, this is maybe not succeeding. Maybe this is not for me. Uh, but there's something inside of me that's saying keep pushing and since i'm very passionate about it i do get uh, low times but then i then again i'm like no this is what i want to do so mostly keep pushing uh learn about the industry do your research um and yeah keep going are you told that you always smile or do you smile when you think about your career and what you have built? Because uh, you haven't stopped smiling since you... <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's me. That's I you. smile yeah. a lot. <laughs> May we all find careers that make us smile when we think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Inshallah. With regards to those youngsters you know, coming into the industry, mm. Is taking criticism something that they have to also prepare themselves for, like having thick skin? True, true. Uh, you're showing your body at the end of the day. Exactly. The fashion industry in general is tough. It's violent. Uh, you definitely have to have a, a thick skin. Oh yeah. Uh, you're going to deal with uh, lots of mean people. Uh, and that's just the norm, you know. I don't know why, but that's just the norm. Mm. So you gotta be up for it. Uh, you 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 can't take everything personally, uh, and you also have to keep in mind that everyone functions differently. Everyone has a different perspective and point of view. So you have to, you know, keep that in mind, appreciate it, and uh, keep going again. It's, it's yeah. For sure. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, people who are in a congregation or in a crowd, whenever there's an opportunity for them to they have an opinion about somebody who's on stage and, the, and people in the sports business, mm -hmm. 
go through the same thing. Exactly. They get abuse, things thrown at them. And um, these fans forget that these guys have families, they have kids, they're doing their best. They are uh, human beings. Exactly. And that's that's something about models. Same thing. Same <laughs> thing. When you're on a stage, for some reason, those who aren't on the stage feel that they have superiority over you for whatever reason. Right. There's a good uh, poem or verse called The Man in the Arena. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, uh, it's about how, for some reason, those in the crowd feel privileged when watching the super talented people perform right. when in reality you wouldn't be able to fill one percent of the shoes of the person on the stage be it a sports person or a model but right. for some reason you feel that you have you know the the you you, you feel like you have the ability to uh, mm. say what you want about that person and it's just not fair it bothers me so much in, in the sporting world which is an industry yeah. that is something that i just love right watching yeah i think same thing goes to to the modeling industry uh like a lot of people treat them as objects which is i mean they have lives objects that's the word yeah yeah they have lives they're not robots they have feelings and that's just and that's universally known not just here mm -hmm. so that I'm, I'm not sure if that's ever going to change but that's a part of it how sad. Um, a message to the world, if you could send a message for the world to see and hopefully incorporate in their lives, what would your message be? I guess the message would be be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be, be kind to those around you because you don't know what they're going through. Uh, appreciate every single moment you have whether good or bad um this also goes to me like be proud of small achievements and accomplishments even though you don't see them or feel them in the moment they're gonna turn into something uh, amazing in the future mm -hmm. so appreciate all these things what a beautiful message thank you dalia i'm sure a lot of accomplishments over the years big, medium, small, to you though, like what is your most favorite accomplishment? Uh, well, I never thought in my entire life that I would start uh, a business. I never felt like I'm an entrepreneurial type uh, until this came to life. And I'm like, wow, I think this is the biggest accomplishment uh, I've had in my life. And I am proud of myself for sticking and pushing through. I can't wait to see what comes uh, next. How did you come up with the name? Where did you, uh, how did you land on it? All right. A lot of people think it's a Western name. It's actually an Arabic name, Ila, which is two. So what the agency does is it brings uh, the models and the clients to one place. That's Ila. Like a connection. Yes. And here I was reading it, Ella. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people read it that way. Maybe I should like rebrand and and write it in Arabic or something. <laughs> no, no, it's nice. It keeps you, it keeps you guessing, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Do you see like the expansion or like touch points spread across Saudi Arabia? Are you confined now to 
activities in the eastern province or or have you done or do you plan to do anything outside of the eastern province actually yes i am planning on expanding to real uh there's a lot of demand actually, yeah that's where the action is a lot of my clients uh ironically are from real so they request my models and then my models fly out to real or vice versa mm -hmm. uh and so yeah that's the next big uh, uh destination uh, what about Jeddah? We've got some beautiful people here. Yes, but I feel like eventually I will uh, move to Jeddah, but uh, the market, I feel like, is saturated here. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of uh, agencies. Yes, uh, and a lot of models, which is uh, a great opportunity as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Riyadh is the focus for the time being. Yeah. yeah. Dalia, again, thanks so much for making time coming on the show much appreciated before you go i just want to hand you something from our friends over at holston uh they are thank you so much holston so they are in the middle of launching let's open these things uh launching a campaign where they try to <laughs> do you want me to do that for you now yeah it's either a bottle opener or okay what did you get strawberry yes i got apple so holston are putting together a campaign where you talk about your success stories mm -hmm. and there's an Instagram filter whereby you swipe. Uh, I'll actually do this eventually when I'm on Instagram. You swipe uh, left or right to get the Holston filter and you talk about your success story. So um, for, for me, I'd like to think that the podcast is success-ish story. And uh, so I'll be going on uh, in a couple of days time and I'll be making a post uh, about that and I encourage others to follow suit we'll put a lot more description of uh, of all this in the YouTube uh, description box what would you say your success story is my success story is definitely the agency finally seeing it come to life uh, and finally being doing it um, and uh, you know getting inspired every day and pushing through uh, and yeah. Because you don't know who, upon hearing your success story, would want to go out and do the same for themselves. True. So it's actually a really cool initiative it is. that um, that Holson are doing. And um, I, I hope that anyone watching this episode can maybe fear a little less and uh, and go out. And one day we hear, we hear about their success stories. Definitely. Inshallah. Um, thanks for being a part of this of course thanks to our friends over at Holston thank you who have sponsored this episode and um, I actually like this yum not too bad huh? yeah <laughs> and thanks for traveling all those kilometers to coming on the show of course much appreciated thank you a ple pleasure being here yes likewise thank you cheers cheers <laughs>